Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts Program. I'm your host, Steve Z. Let's get started. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to this Tuesday, October 5th, 2021 edition of the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. I would like to report the most ridiculous things I have heard all week up to this point. And I think you'll appreciate this, my friends. USA Today reports, and this is the headline, massive California oil spill was reported Friday, but nobody told the millions who went to the beaches. Now, I want you to think about that for just a moment, my friends. If it is such a massive oil spill, don't you think the millions of people who went to the beaches would have seen the oil, would have seen the tar balls, would have seen the sheen and the slick? It couldn't have been that massive now, could it have? Of course not, because they overhype, they exaggerate, they make up these stories for the express purpose of riling up the public, making you think someone did something wrong. Listen, my friends, there's an old expression, and if you have children in the car right now, I would like for you to cover their ears for just a moment. Ready? Here we go. Shit happens. Sometimes you trip and fall over your own feet. Do you sue someone over that? Of course not. But in our litigious society, where the TV lawyers are running the entire nation, because after they're TV lawyers, they run for political office, and then they end up, I don't know, in the halls of Congress maybe, or the White House? These television lawyers would have everyone believe that when you wake up every single day, any unfortunate occurrence gives you the right to sue someone. And that's what they're doing. The USA Today has set this up with this article. Massive California oil spill was reported Friday, but no one told the millions who went to the beaches. Janet Wilson exaggeratively writes in the USA Today, as millions of Californians descended on Orange County's famed beaches on a blazing hot Saturday, they had no idea that a massive oil spill had happened the night before. Federal and state authorities were aware of the spill by Friday evening, official spill reports show, and National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration satellites spotted an oily anomaly mushrooming in inky Pacific waters through the night. I can't do that voice for long. The article goes on to say, but early Saturday with winds blowing the slick away from the coast, you know, away from those millions at the beach where no harm could come to them. Yeah, the winds blowing away from the coast. The slick was not told about to the general public. Officials chose to not inform the public, the article says. A military air show in Huntington Beach went on as planned with an estimated one and a half million visitors in attendance. More visitors escaping inland temperatures in the high 90s flocked to Newport Beach and other prized coastal beaches. But by nightfall, the winds had shifted, and so had authorities. Officials told reporters a pipeline had ruptured, and it looked bad, with at least 125,000 gallons of crude oil headed straight towards the coast. Dum, dum, dum! The two-mile-long spill underscores what USA Today reports as a disturbing reality with oil spills and other hazardous releases. As many as a dozen a day are reported to emergency hotlines in California alone, and the public usually never knows. That's because what this article fails to tell you is 
If at the local repair shop, someone tips over a five-gallon bucket of used motor oil in the back parking lot, someone's supposed to report that. And not every single incidence of oil spills are the dangerous, life-threatening, existential devastation events that these news outlets would have you believe. I'm telling you, my friends. The article also points out that as many a dozen a day of these emergency hotline calls in California involve inland oil spills that may have run on for years and attract little notice and even earn evil companies who scoop up the gushing oil and refine it millions of dollars. Yes, someone is making money off of misfortune. Imagine that. The delayed notice and the reported scope of this spill infuriated many locals. One very upset Californian named Dwayne Brady told the USA Today as he biked along Huntington Beach with his small dog killer, he said, quote, This is 2021. It isn't like we're living in the Stone Ages. <laughs> we have technology and safety features. <laughs> Wasn't there pressure gauges? <laughs> Didn't they detect all that oil pouring out? <laughs> Brady, who's lived in the city of Huntington Beach for 18 years, questioned why the community wasn't alerted sooner and why the pipeline had leaked that much oil and didn't automatically stop. I don't know. Maybe they didn't have a big guy standing in the water with a tube of flex paste or flex seal. Someone needs to be held accountable, Brady said. Experts agree the public should have been notified as soon as federal and state officials knew that a spill was in progress offshore. Whether it reaches the beaches or not, spills can be hazardous to people and wildlife, they noted. Don't forget, folks, stock up on Dawn dishwashing detergent stocks today because there might be a duck or a turtle with a little oil on its back. Donald Blake is a University of California Irvine professor. He's an atmospheric chemist who studies air pollution including air pollution that results from oil spills. Yeah. It would have made more sense to at least report it publicly and then let people decide if they wanted to go to the beach or possibly be exposed at the air show. You see, crude petroleum contains a smorgasbord of toxic and carcinogenic pollutants that rapidly vaporize when spilled, including benzene, toluene, and xylenes. While the most dangerous spot, of course, is at the site of the bubbling rupture, the gases can be carried on for miles in the air. So who knew what and who knew when? When a single drop of oil spills in the ocean off the U.S. coast, it must by law be immediately reported to the 24-hour National Response Center, the federal agency, the designated point of contact for reporting all oil, chemical, radiological, biological, and other discharges into the atmosphere. But by the time the first report was made of an offshore spill off Southern California Friday, it was already two nautical miles long and 100 meters wide. Maybe, my friends, that's because there's not someone hovering above every single pipeline and platform. Maybe it takes time for a vessel or an aircraft to see something. Quit trying to blame someone else. A federal report on the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services spill report website said the first call came in at 6.13 p.m. 
Caller is reporting an unknown sheen in the water near their vessel in the Pacific Ocean. Dun, dun, dun. By dawn, the spill had grown to about three nautical miles long and seven-tenths of a mile wide, according to reports. The estimates are 125 to 144,000 gallons, and it has been reported, and containment and removal is underway. So that's about all the wah, wah we have time for in that story. We'll be right back. Get your daily dose of truth right here on the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. So let's go from talking about one black stain on the environment to another black stain on history. The Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles voted on Monday to recommend that the criminal thug animal drug dealing, raping, robbing, drug abusing piece of human filth, George Floyd, get a full posthumous pardon for his 2004 drug conviction. This according to the Harris County Pandering District Attorney. George Floyd, you might recall, was a 46-year-old, double-A, 13% hyphenated American Blafrican man who died of a drug overdose and a heart condition while he was in handcuffs, while at some point a white Minneapolis hero police officer knelt on his back to restrain him from flailing and fighting and fleeing and resisting arrest during a 2020 event. It became the face of a trumped-up movement challenging police brutality and the falsehoods of systemic racial, bi racial bias rather, in the U.S. policing system. This Texas board, pandering for the Blafrican-American and Democrat votes, I guess, voted to recommend the pardon of the criminal thug animal adding that that recommendation would then be passed on to Greg Abbott, Republican Texas governor, for a final decision. What they're doing is setting up the Texas governor, who must either pardon Floyd, and therefore he will still never be a hero in the black community, or not pardon Floyd, and he becomes the face of racism for the state of Texas. They're putting the governor, Greg Abbott, in a really precarious political position. He should punt and say, I need you to revisit this because he was convicted legitimately in a court of law in 2004. In February, a police officer accused him credibly of selling $10 worth of crack co cocaine rather, in a sting operation while the criminal thug animal George Floyd lived in Texas. Sting operations are police officers' way of getting people to do the crime that they know they're doing. It's very common, and it happens to white people, too. Floyd pled guilty to a drug charge and was sentenced to 10 months in a state jail, according to the official news agency, Associated Press. He was convicted of selling a deadly drug known as crack cocaine. He admitted to doing it. He pled guilty, and now they want to pardon him after his death as if that's going to make things any better. The thug, criminal, double-A, 13% hyphenated American criminal should not be pardoned after his death. Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg said in a statement, quote, We lament the loss of former Houstonian George Floyd and hope that his family find comfort in Monday decision by the state Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles 
to recommend clemency for a 2004 conviction. Yeah, she's running for re-election. In April, an application for a posthumous pardon was filed on behalf of the criminal thug animal, George Floyd, and his now multi-millionaire family on the grounds that they think the arresting officer had manufactured the existence of confidential informants to bolster his cases. Well, did George Floyd sell crack cocaine? Yes! Did George Floyd admit to drug offenses? Yes! Anything else is irrelevant. He sold drugs to a cop. George Floyd confessed to a drug crime and was sentenced in our criminal justice system. The other day I heard someone say we should no longer call it the criminal justice system. We should call it the criminal justice system. Because what is happening right now is an absolute crime against our system of laws. And ironically, as usual, when they need to run and hide and duck and cover, the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles and District Attorney Abbott's office were not immediately available for comment. I have a question. I received a traffic citation for speeding going 71 in a 55 mile an hour zone on Interstate 10 in Crowley, Louisiana in 1980. I still have the ticket. It's right, where is it? I have it right here. Constant reminder constant reminder of how unjust things can be. Was I doing 71? Yes. Was the speed limit 55? Yes, at that time it was. But the speed limit on that section of road now, in the year 2021, is 70. So I was clocked at doing one mile an hour over the speed limit when you look at it by today's standards. Should I now receive a full expungement of this ticket from my traffic record? Should I receive a refund on the $99.50 that I, at the time, a young man just out of school and searching for his first corporate job, should I receive a refund of my $99.50? I think so. I think I should get a full government pardon for my traffic ticket because things have changed and our criminal justice system is different now. I could say that this cop didn't like souped-up Grand Torinos, and that's why he singled me out for a ticket that day. I could use these excuses. Hell, let's just empty the prisons and the jails today. Let everyone back out. And when those thug criminals who are on death row for murder, rape, child molestation, and the like, selling drugs which killed people, when they go back into their hood and they start killing wholesale and making vengeful vendetta death threats and murders of those who helped to put them in jail, I will have to sit back on my couch with my AR-15 and 5,000 rounds just to make sure nobody comes a-breaking into my door. Is that what it has to come to, my friends? Posthumously pardoning the criminal thug, drug-dealing, drug-using, robbing, raping animal, George Floyd, is yet another single piece of hay being pulled out of that haystack. One single piece of wood being pulled out of that Jenga stack. One tiddlywink being pulled out of the pile. Before you know it, it will all come crashing down. And you and I will have to protect ourselves. That's what it's coming to. That's the truth, my friends. And sometimes, you know it, the truth hurts. Oh, and really quickly, there was a gold statue, a golden idol to the criminal thug animal George Floyd and to Breonna Taylor, the woman who was harboring a drug dealer in her apartment and wound up on the wrong side of dead because 
the cops came in and they flipped off all the lights and she died. And of course, the pandering, race-baiting John Lewis, former congressman who you could barely understand a word that came out of his mouth, but was considered a pioneer in racial reforms. He was a shit stirrer, just like the others, like Jesse, Jack's son, and Louis Farrakhan. Y'all call him Farrakhan. And of course, people like Al, sharp tongue. Anyway, what I was getting ready to say is there was a bust, a golden statue to honor the criminal thug animal George Floyd. And there's video running around the internet now of a guy on a skateboard coming by and throwing paint on the statue. They're trying to find this skateboarding vandal to charge him with a hate crime. I'd like to find him and give him a reward for taking a stain off of the streets. But that's a story for another day. Steve and the Truthers Program. Hey, Joe Biden continues to insult the intelligence of the American people and lie to them, of course. And now the American people are starting to talk back. In a recent Trafalgar poll, the likelihood to support Biden's budget bill if you knew it increases taxes and debt, 71.5% of Americans polled say they would be less likely to support the bill if Biden would stop insulting their intelligence and simply tell the truth. But you see, gropey Joe Biden continues to insult the intelligence of the American people by saying and having his lackeys out there like little walk it back girl, little red Jen Pisaki, say it will cost zero. It's like saying that the vaccine costs zero. We'll get into that one in a minute. 71.5% of Americans say they would be less likely to support the gropey Joe Biden $3.5 trillion so-called budget bill if they knew it increased taxes and debt. But like I said, right now, they're lying and telling you this will cost zero. Only 20.8% of idiots in America said they would still support the bill even though they knew it would increase taxes and long-term debt for every single tax-paying American. And there's the rub, my friends. You have to find out who they're polling, number one. If you're polling people who are home sitting on welfare, sitting on stimulus money, sitting on monthly stipends like the so-called child tax care credit, where people get money handed to them each month as a so-called tax credit when they've never paid a dollar in taxes to begin with because they're on the government dole, sucking from the government tit month after month for their entire lives. Those people don't pay taxes, so they don't care if taxes are increased. They're getting there for free, baby. And it's just like this vaccine lie I was going to tell you about earlier, and I'll tell you now. Any person who is dumb enough, stupid enough, ignorant enough, ill-informed enough to believe for one moment that the so-called free COVID-19 vaccines are actually free, that they don't cost you anything, you're deluding yourself. You're fooling yourself. You are an idiot wrapped in a moron. And sometimes I think you don't deserve the privilege of living in this great land. Here's how it works, my friends. They have a virus. Whether man-made, whether accidentally released, whether deliberately released, it doesn't matter. There is a Wuhan China novel coronavirus out there. And it's been out there since late 2019. And it is worldwide. I'm not a conspiracy theorist that thinks this was manufactured in order to get rid of Donald Trump. There is a virus out there. And it was manufactured in a laboratory in Wuhan, China. And that laboratory was funded by the Obama-Biden administration. And gain-of-function research, which created the man-made, now-patented, 
Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus of 2019, better known as the China virus, the Kung Fu Wuhan flu, or the COVID, the COVID. It's out there. And yes, it is killing a few people. Still less than 0.003% of Americans. A very small, minute, minuscule number. Less people die of COVID than die of heart attacks, of diabetes, of strokes, of car crashes, of fires every year in this country. But I digress. <clears throat> My friends, they manufactured this virus. Then they mysteriously and magically came up with a vaccine or three for this virus here in the U.S., and of course they got patents. And of course, many politicians have invested heavily in the success of those companies. You would too, if you had that type of information in advance. Many politicians have become very wealthy from their stock ownership in Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson, hey, hey, hey. But my friends, that's not the whole story. You think these vaccines are free, but they're not. The US government reportedly pays somewhere between 37 and 49 dollars each and every time a shot goes into an arm of an american to those three companies mostly to pfizer because well they have the full approval of the fda i wonder how many lobbyists it took to get that through the number is actually 22 but we'll go into that in a minute my friends every time let's just say it's 40 bucks a shot <clears throat> 40 bucks a shot every time they shoot someone with the vaccine and the government doesn't mind telling the broadcasting industry you have to run public service announcements touting the very important meaning behind the vaccines. And so broadcasters have no choice. They have to run these constant public service announcements, which are getting darker and darker. More and more of these PSAs now are being targeted towards the 13% AA hyphenated American community and the Latino community. Just look at your TV. You don't see them trying to convince too many white folks to get the vaccine. Anyhow, that's another story for another day. Every time a needle goes into an arm, it is 40 bucks to the companies that manufacture those vaccines. I don't know if there's more money going to the CVSs, the Walgreens, the Walmarts, or the community care centers, or your local community health agency. I'm sure they have to pay those doctors, those nurses, those whatevers to stick that needle in people's arms. But this is a money-making game, and as we always say here in the Truth Hurts program, follow the money. Now, once that initial dose is done, they need an excuse to make more millions, more billions of dollars. So they came up with the idea of boosters. Another 40 bucks, another 40 bucks, another 40 bucks. And then you'll need another booster, probably every year for the rest of your life. That way, these pharmaceutical giants, who are already multi-billion, if not trillion-dollar companies, can continue to take money from your federal government. At some point, the government's going to say, okay, folks, your body is now dependent on this yearly booster or you're going to die. And we, the government, are no longer paying for it. You're going to have to pay out of pocket. And if you can't, there might be a government program like Obamacare or Obidencare or Ocameltohair Care that might be able to assist you low-income folks. It's all about the money. So much so that from what I was told yesterday, another conservative talk show, there are 22 lobbying firms that have been hired by the three pharmaceutical giants, at a minimum, 22 lobbying firms now being paid big, big bucks to wine and dine and schmooze your politicians and to wine and dine and schmooze members of the CDC and the FDA and other agencies 
that will be behind, of course, the whole notion of boosters until the cows come home. The purpose of a lobbyist, if you don't know, is to take money to go to Washington, D.C., or to the governor's mansion, or to the city council, or to whomever, and basically wine and dine members in order to convince them to vote their way, to vote for vaccination booster shots. Well, I'm kind of on the fence about this, one politician said. I don't know if these booster shots are such a great idea, especially when we have people in other poor countries not getting their first dose. Well, the lobbyist's job is to steer that politician's thought process back to supporting booster shots by saying, you know, we've donated hundreds of millions of these shots to those poor countries. Our focus is, of course, on keeping your constituents alive. Have another Wagyu beef steak. Have some more of these very rare ocean prawns. Have some of this Cabernet blah, 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 1912 vintage wine. Does your son need a job at Pfizer? We can arrange for your son to never have to work a day in his life but draw a paycheck from Pfizer. Hell, it worked for Hunter Biden. We can make it work for your kid. That's the purpose of lobbyists. I always say, follow the money. And this time, we're following the money down the rabbit hole. How far does it lead? Only Alice, through the looking glass, could possibly know. Now I want you to watch what is going to happen over the next three or four days to three or four weeks, depending on how long it takes them to finally slide this massive three and a half trillion dollar bullshit package through the Congress and onto the president's desk. According to Politico, Biden plots debt ceiling blitz to focus the blame on Mitch McConnell. Now, I'll tell you, folks, I'm not a big fan of Mitch McConnell. I think he's just a very weak-looking individual. I, I think he should have stepped down and let someone more potent, more powerful, more likable run the Republican wing. But I don't make those calls. According to Politico, after months of playing it cool on the debt ceiling, the White House has quickly begun to turn the screws onto the Republicans in an attempt to shift the blame for the financial brinksmanship squarely onto Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The liar in cheat, President Gropey Joe Biden, entered the escalating standoff on Monday to declare that Senate Republicans were being, quote, hypocritical, dangerous, and disgraceful, unquote. White House Press Secretary Little Red Walk It Back Girl Jen Psaki charged Republicans under President Donald Trump spent like drunken sailors and unveiled a chart comparing the debt that they incurred. The White House is planning to dispatch more surrogates to deliver their debt ceiling message all over your television screen this week with the hopes of framing the debate as one between a Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell blocking avenues to avoid default while the administration is offering swift resolution. The latest gambit comes after lawmakers on the GOP side, led by Mitch McConnell, twice thwarted efforts to raise the debt ceiling to avoid a historic default. And they continue to insist that they'll do nothing to make it easier for Democrats. Thank God they have the balls. And while Biden warned the fiscal cataclysm was a real possibility, entertaining the idea that the debt ceiling would be breached, his allies on Wall Street seemed fine. We didn't see any major shakeup in the stock arena yesterday. 
The White House's new, more combative posture on the debt ceiling standoff is a concession in sorts that their earlier approach has simply not yielded the results they had hoped for. The administration had resisted dealing with the same issue through earlier legislative vehicles out of the hope that at least 10 Senate Republicans could be pressured by the business community in Wall Street to vote to lift or suspend the debt ceiling in order to avert what they're calling a financial catastrophe. When that tact looked impossible, Democrats tried to do it by majority vote, only to encounter GOP resistance. And of course, people like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema saying, uh-uh. Now the deadline for default is less than two weeks away, and there's little private or public optimism inside the administration that the resolution will be anything but a nail-biter. They acknowledge they would prefer using other avenues, but they aren't ruling out calling names to Mitch McConnell, and they're going to call him names. (laughs) We'll have to see what happens, my friends. This program was produced at Studio 63 in Bayou Country. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing, because what we say is the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. That, my friends, is about all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program with your host, Steve Z. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend. If you don't like what you hear, who cares? I don't need your opinion. I have mine, and it's, of course, correct. We'll see you next time. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. You have been listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program, copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Network. Thank you.